Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with Gary Thomas, who is the author of 18 books, but the one we're talking about today is his most recent, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. I am not overshooting it when I tell you that this book changed my life, and this is absolutely one of my favorite interviews that I've ever had the honor of doing. Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I, we just spent a few minutes talking before we started recording and I was like, the main goal is to not fangirl through the interview because I'm so (laughs) excited and such a fan. We're going to talk about your newest book, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. But to get us started, I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and, and tell us about yourself. Well, thank you. Well, I've been writing books for about 25 years. Uh, I'm married in empty nester stage. I'm in my, mm. my 50s. We have three adult children. I'll live in different parts. The last 10 years, I've been on a teaching team at Second Baptist Church in Houston. But my wife and I grew up from the Northwest, in the Northwest. So we're sort of Seattle kind of folk transplanted into Texas. And so I've been writing books and speaking for most of my adult life. Yeah. So, and I told you before we started recording, you wrote Sacred Marriage, which my husband yes. and I very ambitiously read before we got married. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we, anybody that's listening that follows me on Instagram already knows about your book because I've talked mm. about it fairly ad nauseum, but it's, it, it's this really incredible perspective of toxicity from a Christian perspective, which mm. uh, I, I don't really know anyone else that's having that conversation. And so I think to get us started, I really love, so I read this book front to back. A lot of the time I interview authors and haven't gotten to read their book yet. So this is, I'm really excited about that. But I think your definition of toxicity is a really important, important starting place because I think we can throw that word around yes. and just call yes. things or people toxic yeah. without that really being what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, and I've heard people criticize the book who haven't read it already <laughs> because the toxic label just seems like the word of the moment. And it mm-hmm. seems like a psycho babble kind of words what they, I don't view psychology that way. I think a lot could be learned, but having said that I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a trained counselor. I'm really writing as a student of scripture, a pastor, one who's been involved in talking on relationships for a few decades. So that's my heart out of which I'm writing it. And so I'm applying it to how we live the most effective lives in healthy relationships. And then just as important, and, and you got this, Blake. I mean, I could tell you read the book because you you just summarized it beautifully before we got on air. The whole point about finding reliable people for the sake of faithfully serving God. So mm-hmm. in that context, I'm using toxic in, in this way. Ultimately, toxic people are those that want to hurt you. They're not just the difficult people. All toxic people are difficult, but not all difficult people are toxic. They're not just the hurting. They're people that are keeping you down. Uh, they're keeping you from healthy relationships. They're taking pieces out of you mm-hmm. so that you have less to give. Mm-hmm. An analogy I've been using, and you can tell me if you think this is terrible. <laughs> Be honest with me. But 
a difficult point. Let's say that if you view all the gifts that God has given you, we all have different gifts as this tray of food that you are eager to feed all those around you. A wounded, difficult person might come and wipe out the tray, take everything off the tray. And you say, mm -hmm. well, that's kind of obnoxious. That's a little <laughs> rude. But they're hurting and you get that. The toxic person will say, that's not enough. Take off your arm and let me chew on that. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have to say, wait a minute. Uh, that's asking me to go too far for this reason. And here's the analogy. When you go through lifeguard training, the first thing they teach you, one of the first things they teach you is self-defense. Because when you go out there trying to save somebody who's drowning, they may try to drown you. And if mm -hmm. you both drown, you both die. And all the people that you would have saved will die. Mm. And so – for me in ministry, I want to help people, but if they are destroying my sense of self-confidence, so I feel like I have nothing to give to them or anyone else, my sense of sanity, if we get into it, they're masters at gaslighting many times. Hmm. My sense of joy, the Lord says the joy of the Lord is your strength, so I'm weak. Any sense of peace where I'm haunted by my interactions with them so that I can't think about God, think about the things – okay, then – the relationship has become toxic for me mm -hmm. because it's keeping me from doing the two things, from being the person God has created me to be and doing the things that God has called me to do. Yeah. Now, in the book, I take three chapters to distinguish toxic people from difficult people. I don't know if you want to get that into the weeds, but but those in general, that's how I'm defining a toxic person. They're getting the way of who God created you to be and doing what God created you to do do and they're sort of you can't be around them without them destroying you a little bit yes and I, I don't want to do that because I want people to read this book <laughs> so we're not giving it all away but that differentiation and people would dm me and be like well like so you're just gonna like not love unhealthy hard people I'm like read the book first of all because that's not at all what he's saying yeah and right. that I think that that distinction is so important there was a line where he said um while you're seeking first God's kingdom, they're seeking first to distract you and delay yes. you. Yes. And well, you do get it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I needed this book. So you have no <laughs> idea how much I needed this book. Um, but that, I, I think we as believers feel uh, disqualified from calling people toxic or, and then for sure walking away from them because We've been given this really weird translation or depiction of scripture and of Jesus that he was like some doormat yes. where in the end he let every he let everyone beat up on him and, and crucify him. But he let that happen because he knew that was what he was here for. And up until then, he really largely didn't. He really largely. And, and that was revolutionary for me, Blake, that how many times people wanted to abuse Jesus and mistreat Jesus and scripture says he walked away I mean, and, and we focus on, well, he let himself be a martyr. Yes. Once, once, but he walked away many times. Yes. And, and so I just read the end part, you know, <sighs> going to the cross and not the part about how many times Jesus walked away and said, you know what? Not today. Nope. It's not the Lord's time yet. You don't get to do that uh, because he still had, lessons to teach, miracles to perform, reliable people to invest in. And until he had accomplished that aim, he wasn't going to let himself be destroyed or, you know, murdered. And, and I think we have to have the same thing that if I could 
give your listeners one thing. Have a larger vision of the power with which God can use you. Mm. Not because of who we are, but the message we have of God reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. It's the message everybody needs to hear and everybody needs to remember. There's no more important message. And the power we have, not because of our gifts or natural ability, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we would have that larger vision that I have something to give, it's outside of me, it's not my own agenda, it's God's, and I have God working within me to empower me, then I'm going to value my time. And I'm yeah. going to say, okay, my time matters. And that's why I'm walking away from people, not for psychological self-defense, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's not the purpose of the book. It's to live the most fulfilling, obedient, faithful, fruit-filled life that we can Exactly. Live. Well, and I had the thought, I think there was a point where I was reading about Jesus walking away and like, the the thought that like Jesus died on the cross like I don't have to yeah you know yes. right. can you share one of the examples from your book where Jesus walked away yes yeah and and this is a funny thing well I'm glad you're telling people to read it because I had somebody respond to my blog Gary Jesus wouldn't walk away mm. <laughs> and I I wrote I said um he did. You know, I, I have 41 citations in the appendix where he did and yeah and, and so. It's it was just kind of funny, but they, they're in, she said it so confidently without mm-hmm. having read the book. Jesus never would walk away. I'm like, well, okay, um, go through the Bible again. So, give me a couple examples, really quick. Uh, one, Matthew eight thirty four. It's a famous passage. Jesus delivers some men from demons. The demons say, "Hey, can we go into the pigs?" She says, "Sure." Pigs run off the cliff, and the town people are appalled because mm-hmm. their livelihood has just been destroyed i mean they can have a fire cell on bacon and pork chops but in two (laughs) weeks it's not going to go well for them and so then in 834 and this is painful for me to read because i think and i think anybody listening to this podcast what would we pay to see jesus in the flesh Mm -hmm. i mean i'd I'd put that ticket on the credit card Mm -hmm. How, how long would i stand in line to be in a stadium seeing Jesus, getting to ask him questions, watching how he interacted. They had that, the Messiah in the flesh. But in 834, it says they pleaded with him to leave their region. <laughs> you know, basically, we don't want what you have to sell. And Matthew 9, 1, it's confusing because it's a different chapter, but it's the very next verse. It says, so Jesus got into a boat and sailed to his own town. Mm-hmm. He didn't walk away. He sailed away. The principle is the same, that they said, Jesus, please leave. And Jesus said, okay, and okay. he left. Uh, there were many instances where it says they picked up stones to kill him. It said Jesus slipped through the crowd. So they were trying to be abusive. And she said, no, I'm not going to let you do that. Uh, and and so what hit me, because I always focus on spiritual offense, and Jesus sends everybody on spiritual offense in Matthew 6.33. He says, mm-hmm. seek first the kingdom of God. So every one of us, that means we wake up, our agenda isn't our own, our enrichment, our pleasure, our comfort. It's what does God want to do in the world through us. But seven verses later, because see, we divide up the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. We, we have a sermon on this verse. We have a sermon on that verse. 
seven verses. So Jesus had said this and then immediately goes in this. But you know what? Don't give what is holy to dogs or throw your pearl before swine or else they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Mm-hmm. Now, I just kind of put that out as an outlier of Jesus. I thought, that can't really – Jesus doesn't talk about people like dogs. He doesn't call people pigs. Uh, but he did. <laughs> and it's right after he tells people to go on offense. So what I think you see in context is Jesus saying, look, I'm sending you out on offense. Mm-hmm. It's a glorious purpose. You now have purpose. What you do matters more than any other cause anyone can live by to build my kingdom. But be discerning. Don't take this glorious truth and throw it before dogs or pigs. They're going to turn and tear you to pieces. They won't – not only will they not appreciate it, they'll resent it, and they'll try to tear you up. And because he's telling us, Blake, we know he's saying, and I don't want that to happen to you. Right. I don't want you to be thrown apart. There might be a time when God asks us to die to our faith. Every Christian has to be open to that. But Jesus is saying the normal course is – no, you don't want to let that – you want to be discerning who you invest your time with. That was new to me. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times reading through the New Testament, I was blind to it Yeah, and, and writing this book. And that's why I tell people, they think, oh, this is just like pop psychology. There, Like I've written 20 books. Mm. There is more scripture in When to Walk Away mm. than in any book I've ever written. Wow. And that shocked me. Because it, it is all through scripture uh, in a way that I just, frankly, I'm embarrassed to admit I was just blind to. Well, and, and you talk in the beginning, like the very beginning of the book, you share your story that you largely functioned on offense for a large yes. part of your ministry yeah. that you kind of like let people beat up on you and, and yes. let people walk on you and, and abuse you and that you, ha- you you're, so you have like walked it, lived it. And, and God opened your eyes to, like, no, like, because it is, and your your ministry, because God can do whatever he want, has stayed effective, but they were affecting that in a capacity, yeah. right? Well, and, and I would I would waste time. I would think exactly. I could be the person that can get through to them. And, and what I didn't realize, Blake, is that toxic people enjoy the fight. Mm. I don't. Mm. I enjoy unity. I enjoy peace. Uh, but even as a pastoral counselor, this is getting a little bit off so you can pull us back. But in no. marriage, what I didn't realize is that some people, if they're toxic, you know, a, a healthful marriage, mutually supportive, mutually encouraging, husband building up wife, wife building up husband, raising kids together. That sounds like heaven to a lot of us. It's boring to a toxic person. Because they like to control. They like mm-hmm. to undercut. They enjoy hating. They have sort of a murderous spirit. You know that from, from reading the book. And the same thing with the church. We want a church that's unified in mission. Let's share the gospel. Let's go deep in the Lord and disciple. Let's do great works outside in the community. And they're like, no, let's undercut the leadership. Let's have a rebellion. <laughs> yes. Let's gossip about so-and-so, sister so-and-so, and brother so-and-so. And, and, and I want to be at the center of it because – for a toxic person, a healthy situation is boring. And so mm-hmm. I had to learn, Gary, don't waste your time with them. Yep. It, yeah. it, it, and it's never worked. You're, you are you look like you're a lot younger than me, Blake. So, um, And the fact you've only been married eight years leads me to believe that's very, very true. <laughs> and and, and I, so I think at your stage, if I look back 
I'm in my 50s. All of the time I've invested trying to be the one person who could break mm-hmm. through to a toxic person haven't been successful once. Wow. But when people have come to me and said, Gary, can you help me? Then, I mean, the fruit is it, – it's a rare marriage conference when I don't have somebody come up to me and say, Gary, we're married today because we read Sacred Marriage or Cherish has renewed our marriage. Like you can't believe we've been married 50 years. We have a new season of marriage. So – I want to invest in those situations uh, because I see the fruit and I, I grieve for the angst mm. of messing with toxic people. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would just say to the listeners, if you have Facebook fights and, and you see somebody's name come up and before you even read what they say in a comment and your blood pressure spikes <sighs> and your heart races, just – just stop playing that game mm. that tells you what you need to know right there. When you see something, you're like, Oh, I can't wait to hear what they have to say or interacting with them. That tells you that's a healthy situation. But I'm just saying we don't have to fight. Mm. Jesus walked away. Peter walked away. Paul walked away. John, the apostle of love walked away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just found to preserve my sanity, focus and zeal for life. I need to walk in the footsteps of Jesus as he did many times walking away. Amen. Dang. Hey, do you struggle with studying the Bible? After participating in many women's ministry events, Michaela Van Dyke knew she had to provide the answer to the problem she was witnessing. Women were being taught they should study the Bible, but they weren't being taught how to study the Bible. So she created a resource to teach you just that a journal and course that teach you how to study the Bible historically, culturally, and applicably. So if you're a pastor's wife, have an online platform, or you're just wanting to grow in your study of the Bible, visit ChasingSacred.com. You kind of led us into what we wanted to talk about because what I loved was, you know, I, I came to the book having experienced the last three years a really toxic situation. Um, looking for freedom, like looking for freedom from that it, permission to walk away felt uh, un- untangible. And here it was in a book. But what I loved was as I read it, it that wasn't all you talked about. It, it wasn't just about walking away from the toxic person in a toxic situation, but it was also like shift your focus, love your people well, find your reliable people, stop using your resources. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was funneling all of this energy yes. and time into trying to fix it, trying to like help them see me as who I really am and not who they saw me as. Yeah. That I was robbing people who wanted that up. Yes. Yes. And See, you say, of, you, you said in the book, Jesus chose, chose his disciples and we should choose ours. Yes. I think I had to put the book down for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and for so for somebody like you, rather than fight with somebody that you don't believe is giving constructive criticism, they're just enjoy the fight. Spending that time planning another podcast or taping it is infinitely more valuable yeah, for um, other listeners. If you have young kids at home 
and you've got somebody that's stalking you on Facebook or instead of trying to get into a fight, going to one of your kids or investing yourself in your spouse, having a positive interaction, infinitely more valuable. Uh, what I've seen happen often, Blake, often with uh, young women that come from dysfunctional homes. I do a lot of premarital counseling. And I'm always thrilled when a woman from a difficult past makes a wise choice with a guy because sometimes the women will choose somebody just like their dad. They don't realize that. They'd be mm-hmm. abhorred thinking of that. But they get married and say, oh, my gosh, you know, he's got the same. I just yeah. didn't see it. But when they make – you know they make a supremely wise choice. I'm like, this is so cool. It's a blessing for him. It's a blessing for her. And then six to nine months into the marriage, we're doing a follow-up, and I'll hear, you know, uh, I've, God has really been put on my heart. I think I need to go back, and I, I want to mm-hmm. try to reach my mom. And and that's when I just want to say stop. Uh, I, I get why you want to have a good relationship with your mom. Everybody does. But you can't have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy person. I said, and you can spend the next five years ignoring your new husband and any kids that come along trying to parent your parent, Mm -hmm. which never works. Or you could just say, I'm going to grieve that I came from such a broken home. Mm -hmm. Give me a chance to build a new home Mm -hmm. and invest your energy, time and love and focus there. Mm -hmm. I said, say, make the new family work. Grieve the it, – it's so much – another phrase from When to Walk Away that was helpful for me, and people say that's weird, but I'm quoting a counselor, so this isn't me. <laughs> um, and the counselor said in most cases, it's better to grieve than to try to fix mm. when you're dealing with toxic people. It, it, grieve. Look, I grieve the end of that friendship. I grieve that my parents aren't healthy. I grieve that my sibling and I just aren't going to get along. I grieve that the church split, and but that's different than trying to fix it. Mm. Grieving can lead to healing and closure. Mm. Uh, fixing it usually is wasting more time. Yeah. Well, and I think that we, by and large, aren't educated on grief. Like, we don't know yeah. how to grieve things. So that's a whole nother <laughs> – it's like opening a whole nother book of – I want to keep going back. I want to keep fixing this. If it's a lot of the time, it's like a family member. For me, it was a friendship that um, I just couldn't handle that this is what she, who she thought I was and that this is who she was telling people I was. Uh, and yeah. um, your book is how God was like, you got to let it go. Like you have to trust that. I'm um, so thrilled to hear that, Blake. <laughs> yeah. I, I want your listeners here because this is a really key point. If you want to live a healthy life, you have to stop caring what unhealthy people say about you. Yep. And other people might believe the unhealthy person. Other people might believe the lies. But the the verse that changed my life, it's the last phrase in the book of Nehemiah who had been slandered. Who had been attacked. They said, you're in this for yourself. You want to make yourself a king. All of those things. And Nehemiah ends his book with, remember me with favor, my God. Mm. And, and I love it because it was his way of saying, they're saying this about me. They're saying that about me. All that really matters, God, how do you view what mm. I'm doing? And for me, that is so freeing just to let it go and say, yeah, they're going to say this about me online. I, I'm not going to spend the time 
trying to refute it or defend myself. Um, I want to spend that 10 minutes Mm. doing something positive, blessing someone, encouraging someone. I mean, just, I think if, if people think and when I took philosophy courses way back when they would have this thing about choosing health, where if you just visually picture the difference between eating an apple and a cheeseburger, even though I usually would crave the cheeseburger over the apple in my mind's eye, there's something pure and healthy about the thought of eating an apple mm-hmm. and eating the cheeseburger. It's like, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> that guilty pleasure. Well, imagine the difference between fighting with a toxic person and you're not going to win uh, because they're, they're not going to let you in. Or nope. I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to encourage you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Mm. Thank you for making a good point. How can I inspire people? How can I encourage people? Just look at that. How am I going to feel doing one or the other? And mm-hmm. if you want to live a healthy life, just choose the health. Yes. Yeah. And there was another, there was a line you said where we were talking about Judas, um, that Jesus didn't let Judas's toxicity become his own. Yes. Yes. And I think that uh, I have done that. I have let another person's toxicity become my own and, and, returned kind for kind you know like returned what she was doing or what they were doing and I mean that is that is never fruitful returning kind for kind is never fruitful probably outside of love and so the reality being that sometimes you can't walk away which you talk about a little bit towards like the middle end yes what is your wisdom in not letting their toxicity become your own? Yes. Well, l- let me back up first and say if you can walk away, that's why I do because I agree with you. I'm never more tempted to become toxic than when I'm interacting with a toxic person. Mm-hmm. I believe it's toxic to try to control someone. Mm-hmm. But when somebody's trying to control me, I'm going to try to control them. I I believe it's toxic to want to socially murder someone that's maligning them. I'm not talking about stabbing somebody's heart, but, but if they're assaulting me, I want to assault them back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why in one sense, when to walk away is a statement of humility. I can't Mm -hmm. interact with you without sinning. Absolutely. (laughs) I I don't, I don't want to sin. So let's just, just go our own way. But you're right. There are some occasions when you can't walk away if you need the job and you're in an mm-hmm. office and what are you going to do? So three things from Jesus. The chapter was, I think, looking like Jesus when you're working with Judas or living mm-hmm. with Judas. And and a couple things is what you said is Jesus didn't let Judas's toxicity become his. He didn't let Judas's betrayal cause him to betray Judas. Jesus was truthful to Judas the whole time. Yeah. He said, you're going to betray me, and you know what? When you do, it would be better if you weren't born than to do what you're about to do. He didn't say it with malice. It was with love. He washed Judas's feet minutes before Jesus left to betray him, mm-hmm. uh, and he knew that Judas was going to betray him because he dismissed him to do it. And, and so Jesus had this amazing ability to interact with Judas without letting his toxicity become uh, rubbed off on him. But the other thing I think that's helpful for me is that Jesus didn't focus on the minors. 
he knew that Judas was a thief. John describes Judas being a thief. That's why Judas said, you know, why are you wasting that money pouring that perfume mm -hmm. over Jesus? We could give it to the poor. And John said he didn't really care about the poor. He took money. Mm -hmm. If John knew it, Jesus knew it. And yet Jesus didn't confront him on that. And so when people are at family gatherings over the holidays or whatnot, just because you notice a sin doesn't mean you have to be the judge, jury, and prosecuting attorney and point it out and try to resolve it. The issue is usually somebody's alienation from God. It's the woundedness they have. And it just allows me to have freedom. Like I can't tell you the freedom I have in relationships where saying, you know what? That one sin isn't the issue in their life. Mm. And I, this is a family gathering. This is not the time. I'm just not even going to go there. Jesus didn't do it with Judas, so I feel the freedom to avoid that. Now, look, if it's a, ch a young child that's living at home, mm -hmm. if it's a close friend, if it's a spouse, there are times when, yeah, we, we have to confront. I'm talking about those right. relationships where it's it, it's better. Uh, and, and then when the one thing I love, because toxic people will do mind games. They mm. will make you feel like you're going crazy. They will act like they're kissing you and they're stabbing you in the back, which of course is what Judas did to Jesus. He betrays him with a kiss. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus is like, seriously? Well, he didn't say that. But <laughs> I, I, I think in the 21st century, he would. He said, you're going to betray the son of man with a kiss? Mm -hmm. He's just, I know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And you're going to pretend this is an act of affection. So what I love mm -hmm. about this is Jesus's honesty where without malice – Without accusation, Jesus said, no, you're acting in a toxic way. Mm. So, Because toxic people, they always – like I don't know if you found this with your toxic – they always want you to agree that what they're doing is okay. Oh, absolutely. Always, Wouldn't you agree that they're trying to win an argument? And Jesus you know what? No. What you're doing is evil. Mm -hmm. I'm not your judge. I'm not your jury. But I'm not going to pretend that what you're doing is healthy, mm. is good, or holy. I think it's despicable. Mm -hmm. and, and then be willing to walk away. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gossip about you. I'm not gonna call you names, but I'm also not gonna pretend that I don't know what's going on here. And so, those were some things from the life of Jesus that just helps us keep our sanity when we have to work around toxic people. Uh, we we protect our sanity, we protect our integrity, mm -hmm. and we protect our focus. Mm -hmm. If you can do those, your sanity, your integrity, and your focus, you protect those three things. Uh, that that's what you can control and that's what you should try to control when you must be around a toxic person. Just please don't stay with the toxic person out of misplaced guilt that somehow it's a failure mm. to walk. Yes. Well, and I think that there are, there are circum those circumstances do exist where people can't walk away, but you can walk away emotionally. Like you can, yes. they, they don't get, they don't have power in your world. Their yes. opinions yes. don't. Yes. They don't get to define you. They they say you're intolerant. You go, no, no, I, I'm just speaking the truth in love. Yeah. They say you're uncaring. No, I care for you more than you think. You have no idea. But but that's fine. You, you yeah. can say what you want about me, but you don't get to define who I am. You don't God get to define. You don't get to yeah. speak into my life. You don't. And yeah. and I've I've walked with friends through that, through situations where they couldn't physically walk away. And this is before I read this, so I don't know that we use that exact verbiage of walking away, but that, like, <clears throat> the idea that getting to do life intimately with people is a privilege, and yes. they can lose that privilege. And yes. Yeah. They've lost it. So 
don't. Well, you sound much healthier me, healthier than me at year eight of your marriage, Blake. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you can have a much more effective life. At you getting this at at this age is, uh, I, I think, so key. Well, uh, because if people disagree with us right now, I, I don't think I'm being arrogant in saying this. Life will teach you otherwise. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll figure it out. Eventually, you're going to look back and say, yeah, that was that was not a good use of my time. Right. Uh, well, so, and that's the biggest that's, thing I found is that the way I, I hate wasting my time, like more than anything in the world. And so that sh- mindset shift that doing this with those people was wasting my time was like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I hate wasting my time, you know? And so, I mean, just having a small, a small platform and a small ministry, people are starting to come for it and not like, okay, that's, I'm sorry that you're choosing to like, that's how you're choosing to spend your time, but that doesn't have to hold weight in my world. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to play that game with you and 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 letting it go yeah. uh, in, in the book. When we get into the reliable people and the importance of doing that, I I tell the story of a of the Civil War general. Who's dressing down a subordinate mm-hmm. who really let him down. Mm-hmm. And so the subordinate starts to pull out his sword to resign mm-hmm. and the general slams his fist down and says <laughs> there is no, no time. time for that. We're in the midst of a battle. People are dying. Mm-hmm. Which people and how many depends on the decisions we're making. I just don't have time. Amen. And 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 look, if you're a young mom, if you're a single woman, if you're a widow, if you're a middle-aged woman, if you're an empty nester, because of God, you don't have time for the drama. Mm. God uses women in every one of those chapters. Those are unique chapters with unique platforms, unique opportunities. And looking back on your life at the end, you'll have wanted to make the most of every opportunity, which is, of course, I'm quoting the scripture there, every opportunity, not waiting until you're married, not waiting until the kids leave the house, not waiting until your spouse is gone. Uh, It's it's like every opportunity as you have it. And so your time matters. What God can do through you matters. Mm. And so be make the best use of your time. And for me, Blake, that was so, I'm sorry, cause I know I can run on too much, but no. it was so helpful no. because it seemed cruel to walk away from people until I looked at the grid. You know what? It's not whether I'm going to minister or not. It's where will the ministry be most effective? Hmm. And that, that's a whole different thing. I'm not walking away to binge watch Netflix. Exactly. I'm walking away because if I spend time with this person, I can't spend time with that person. I might miss a conversation with my wife. I might not have the energy to call one of my kids and see how they're doing. I might not feel like I have anything to offer a friend who I feel is hurting because my self-confidence has been undercut. Mm -hmm. And so when you're preserving your own well-being, you're preserving your platform for ministry because God uses people who are vital. They're, Mm. They're confident. They have peace. They have joy. That's what draws people to God in you. And if you're walking doubting yourself with no peace, you're harried, you're haunted, no joy, uh, fearful that you'll run into this person or that mm. their name will pop up on your phone. Well, that, that that's going to undercut your whole life of ministry. And that's where you just need to walk away. Mm-hmm. So you become the kind of person that God can use because he uses people powerfully. 
Absolutely. And that, that to me was the summation and what I walked away. I mean, I walked away with so much, but walking away was that walking away isn't, it isn't just a a self-defense mechanism. I do think that God like wants us to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves, but more than anything, I'm protecting the mission and I'm protecting my efficient, my, my ability to have an effect on the world because there are souls at risk and there isn't time for all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nah, I could literally probably talk (laughs) for another like hour because it's so good. I literally have never recommended a book to people more fervently in my life. Um, I mean, other than like the Bible, (laughs) but well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored because it, it is an important book to me. It felt revolutionary. I know it might seem weird for people to say that. No, but I mean, I was writing out of this. How did I not see this? How did mm-hmm. I not see all the times that Jesus walked away? How did I not see the scriptures like Matthew 7, 6, where Jesus tells us to walk away? Mm-hmm. And that misunderstanding, that ignorance and misplaced guilt made me less effective. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to however much time God gives me. I want to make the most of every day. Mm-hmm. And learning to play a little bit of spiritual defense gives me a lot more time to play spiritual offense. Amen. God, thank you so much for taking the, first of all, for writing this book, but thank you for taking the time to come on this show and share your wisdom and your heart. This was, ah, this was everything. This was so incredible. Well, thank you, Blake, just for putting this together. I mean, you, you stepped up, God called you, you had the courage to launch this. You gathered this, this tribe as they use in social media languages. And, um, you know, that faithfulness, I'm, I'm just grateful for that opportunity. You've gathered all these people so that we could talk and share a truth that seems like it's hit both of us. So thank you for your faithfulness. And I just pray that you'll be you know, even more fruitful now as we follow in Jesus and learn when to walk away. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Today is nonstop. And suddenly, your checking account is overdrawn. But what if we gave you more time on that one? At Huntington, if you accidentally overdraw your account by $50 or less, we've put a $50 safety zone in place, so you won't be charged an overdraft fee. It's one more way we're looking out for you. So you can have time for what matters most. Huntington, welcome. $50 safety zone does not apply to returned items. Your account will be automatically closed if it remains negative for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone.